This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Women in Engineering, success stories from STEM professionals. In this episode, I will be talking with Halisha Stoppett, technical resource engineer at Rinker Materials, about her experience as a young woman of color in the engineering industry, covering her role as a technical resource engineer and the challenges and growth opportunities faced in a male-dominated field. I am your host, Tiffany Tichi, a senior mechanical engineer, STEM advocate, TEDx international speaker, and an internationally recognized author of children's books, which includes What Can I Be? STEM Careers from A to Z and the STEM Crew Kids Adventures series. And I also host the Read It Right radio show on WDRB Media, and I'm the owner of Thrive Edge Publishing and the owner publishing consultant of Inspired Authors Publishing. And with that, let's jump right into today's episode. Before we go on here, here's a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, PSNS. PSNS is an award-winning one-stop shop of architecture and engineering excellence. The depth and breadth of their expertise has helped PSNS grow into a firm offering multi-discipline, full-service architecture, engineering, design, environmental, and surveying consulting services. They offer a single source for planning, design, regulatory compliance services on diverse projects across several market segments, including education, energy, utilities, hospitality, entertainment, infrastructure, public improvement, real estate, and science technology. Having proudly served a sophisticated client base operating in numerous industries, they know the importance of developing on-time, cost-effective, and high-quality solutions to the most difficult challenges. For more information, visit psands.com. That's psands.com. Now it's time to jump right into the main segment of our episode. Today, I have with me, Palisha Stoppett. Palisha, welcome to the Women in Engineering podcast. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. Well, let's go ahead into it. Can you tell us about your current role as a technical resource engineer at Rinker Materials and what your day-to-day responsibilities look like? Uh, so as a technical resource engineer, as the name of the title suggests, I am or I work as a technical resource um, wherein I work on different projects with consulting firms or design firms um, and they have when they'll have questions regarding the products that we make so they'll be specifying our products a lot so I work with them on those projects I also work a lot with uh, cities counties DOTs and other agencies when they have you know questions about upcoming projects if they need to specify our products in those um, I also work with uh, with the cities and agencies or counties and other agencies um, to discuss their specifications, um, especially related to our products, and if they 
uh, what kind of specifications that they have that are related to our product and then standard installation details and stuff like that. Um, as a part of my job, I do a lot of uh, education stuff as well. So I do a lot of presentations, um, be it doing lunch and learns for consulting firms or like a half day workshop or a full day workshop. So it's a lot of education as well. Overall, my job entails um, doing a lot of like outreach, networking and building professional relationships. So uh, to like describe it in a like day to day basis, it's very hard because no two days are the same. Um, and I think that's the most ex- exciting part of the job. Uh, because, you know, like today I could be doing like a full day workshop at a city, right? And tomorrow, maybe I'll have my first meeting with like a consulting firm with a, like for a project and the second meeting with the city to discuss, you know, like specifications and stuff. And then maybe in the afternoon, I have like a lunch and learn um, presentation that I'm giving. And then right after I need to go like to a professional event uh, to like, you know, network and build relationships and get leads. So again, like day to day is very, very different. Like no two days are the same. But overall, um, that's what the job is. Awesome. I love it. And I, I agree with you. You know, when we have these jobs and everything, it's a matter of you never know what, you know, it's going to be. And I think we went into these jobs thinking, OK, mm-hmm. we're going to be challenged. We don't know what might happen each day, but it's all about how you're able to tackle it. So I love how you shared your different journeys with how you do from a day to day. Like you said, it's different each day. So um, how you handle it is important. So I love how you uh-huh. shared that. Now, let's talk about it. You know, as a young woman of color in a male dominated field, which I can relate to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What unique challenges have you faced in the engineering sector? Yeah. So um, that's really a three part question. Um, Like being a young woman and like being a young person, a woman and like a woman of color, uh, it can be challenging at times, but to be like super honest overall, I've had a very, very good experience. It's been like about two years in the industry now. And the people that I work with, they're like super warm, very, make me very comfortable. And they haven't like necessarily looked down upon me just because I'm a woman or anything like that. But I think when I started off, I was just out of college and it was a little overwhelming in the beginning because, you know, like they don't teach you a lot about like, you know, like how we make pipes or like, you know, how pipes installed and all that stuff in school. That's, you know, like, a whole different world that was entering so initially I had a little bit of an imposter syndrome and I mean like people didn't directly tell me like this but I did realize that sometimes people weren't taking me seriously probably you know I was like a young person and probably also a woman um but uh I think over time you just have to stay confident and uh they're like right in their own way because like nobody knows everything when they've just started like new in the industry right so you have to work hard that's what I did I worked hard I asked a lot of questions and I stayed confident and I think that's uh it didn't take me long to like overcome that imposter syndrome um yeah and as as a woman uh there hasn't been like a lot of times where you know like I felt like oh like you know like this is the male dominant industry but I don't see a lot of women uh in the civil engineering industry that's that's a fact and especially um in the area where you know I do a lot of outreach and like you know where I have to like go out there talk to people I don't see a lot of women especially South Asian women like me so that's like one thing that I you know like do like you know like acknowledge and sometimes um Maybe, you know, when you're like in a group and you're working on something, um, I really like wish that, oh, like if there was like, you know, a, a, another woman with me, would, like with me, we would be looking at things from a female perspective. So, yeah, um, I think that covers like being a young woman, uh, being a woman of color. Again, as I said, I don't see a lot of South Asian women like me. 
um, in this in the industry as much. And even if they are in like you know like good leading positions, I don't see them in positions where you necessarily need to like you know go out there and talk to people and like make connections and do networking. I don't see a lot of uh, South Asian women do that. For me, it was a little bit harder because uh, not only I'm a woman of color, but I'm also an immigrant. I came to the United States in 2017, so it's been around like roughly six years. Um, and even though I speak English like well enough to like you know make a conversation, it's not my first language. So there's like a lot of words that I didn't understand initially, and still like in you know, a lot of phrases I say 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 them wrong, and like you know I I have to like constantly like you know teach myself. So that way it was a little bit difficult, and. Um, I mean, initially it was a very it was very hard for me because there's like a big this this like cultural difference, you know, like they'll be talking about, oh, like American football and like, you know, like this um, American pop culture references that you don't get. And but over time, I realized how to like break that ice when I'm talking to someone new uh, because, you know, like talking to people is a part of like big part of my job. Um, so these would be like main challenges that I faced as a young woman of color. Wow, you've hit a lot of. I mean, experiences, experiences, and you've built upon it. And I mean, the fact that you're saying, you know, English is your, your first like, I mean, you're doing great. <laughs> and the fact that you, I mean, the thing is you are able to <laughs> adapt you. and be able to uh, wherever you are. And it's amazing how you were able to do that in your journey. And so I love how you shared that. Mm -hmm. And it's still room for improvement as far as needing more women and of color and all that into the space. So I love how you shared that. Let's, let's go further into it. How have you experienced, you know, your experiences shaped your perspective on diversity and inclusion within the energy industry? So how has your experiences shaped it? Um, you know, your perspective of it. One thing that I, I mean, like, I think to, like that, the last question we discussed, I think it leads on to this, um, this very question that you've just asked. I think we definitely need like more women, more women of color. And I know a lot of times it can be very overwhelming because when you're looking from the outside, you're like, oh, I don't see people who look like me, you know, like maybe it's not meant for me or maybe I don't belong here. But I see it as a cycle, you know, like you have to be the pioneer, like for, you know, like starting that because um it's, it's just because of the cycle maybe you don't try it but then like who are going to be the role models if nobody like actually steps up you know i'm not trying to like you know like be narcissistic and say that oh, i'm the role model i'm not saying that i'm just saying that you know you oh, my one of my airpods uh i'm just saying that you just have to um just have to try and like you know give yourself a chance to enter that field and see see for yourself if it's meant for you or not and um that is something that i like you know it's very like clear in this industry because I don't see a lot of South Asian women. Um, and it's, it's, uh, I do want to mention this. I was at a conference, I think about like a couple of months ago and the conference was over. I was driving back home and then I was on the phone with my friend and I was like, just telling her, you know, this is how the conference went and like sharing a few stories. And then mid conversation, I realized that in that whole conference, I was the only woman. And um, like there were dinners and stuff uh, where like, like the men brought their spouses, but then I was the only woman like in that conference, just the conference. Um, I think that like really tells like two things. Firstly, like that means that the men around me, the people who were with me, they didn't really like make me feel like, oh, you're the woman or you're like, you know, like you don't belong here. They made me feel comfortable, which is why I mean, like I, I didn't even realize it. But also the second thing is that we definitely need more women, because if I'm only if I'm the only woman, then that means there is clearly um, not enough representation of women. Um, so yeah, I definitely think if there is more, if there's people from different backgrounds, it just adds value to the team that you're working in because you have like 
pers- like different perspectives coming from uh, people who've lived different lives and had different experiences. Um, so yeah, that's Love how it. I look at it. Man, the fact that she was the only woman with a massive amount of guys, I mean, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think I would have, you're good to not notice yeah. that. I think I might have noticed that. I was like, oh, where did we? <laughs> but kudos that you were there for yeah. the whatever the topic was about that you were engaged in it that you was able to you know adapt accordingly with it so yeah that's amazing that yeah but there is more room mm-hmm. for more to be able to be represented so um thank you for sharing that example um let's go back to your academic side of things your academic journey were there any mentors or courses during your academic journey that you know in particular influenced your career path yeah, so this is very, very interesting because I did my bachelor's in architectural engineering, not civil engineering. Having said that, um, the college that I went to, University of Texas, Arlington, um, the architectural engineering degree is actually a part of like civil engineering. So it falls in the Department of Civil Engineering. So I had a lot of similar courses with uh, like civil engineering majors, but I, I but my focus was more on structures, so like buildings and structures and all that, and a little bit of design, of course, because of architectural engineering. So I was thinking that I will be doing like you know after I graduate I'll be working on like buildings and I'll be doing structures and all that. Um, and I, I think, yeah, last year of my college, I, um, I applied for this uh, research assistantship position with the uh, chair of department, chair of the department, the chair of department of civil engineering, which is like, you know, the, the, the top person for that for civil engineering department. And after a few meetings, I got it. And I was really, really happy. But one week before my like my RA, my my assistant, my uh, job was about to start. He uh, sets up this this meeting with me, and he tells me that um, you are a senior. You should probably uh, do an internship instead. And I was like, whoa! Like you know, like like it was. I was. I didn't know how to react because I was really excited to start this. You know, like this RA job that I was you no know, like you no know, like really you know like um, I really seeked out. You know, like I really wanted to be um, like an RA, but then like this in, in he just told me you you have this internship so i was like okay you know and he told me it's at american concrete pipe association so i was like i was almost sure because uh, what i do is not really related to pipe and that's like civil civil and that was not really aligned with my major um but then i had my the like first meeting with the with the employers and there were um like two people who interviewed me and then they sent me these documents review and they were like just look at those uh these documents and let me let us know if you want to do it and after you know like thinking about it for like a couple of days i was like yes i want to do it because it's an internship right and you're in college why like i can't say no even if it's not directly related to what i do it, it will still be an experience so i did that for about a year um and that is why i am in this industry right now and i really have to give a shout out to dr Mali, who was the department chair who uh, was the one who suggested I do the internship and my supervisor at uh, American Concrete Pipe Association, Margarita, who I'm still in touch with, um, they both actually are the reason why I'm in this industry. And very, very, uh, I, you might find this funny, but um, after I graduated, I I, did, I think after a month, I left that internship because I had to go full time. So I started working at this other firm, which was like, you know, like relate, more related to structures and all that. But then three weeks into that job, Margarita gives me a call and says, there's another job for you. Rinker Materials is hiring. And I was like, oh, my God, I just started this job. But then um, Dr. Albamaldi again and Margarita, they both convinced me to uh to interview for this position and that is you know like that is exactly how like you know like 
how I ended up here. And I would say, um, even though like the the subjects and the major, the, the the courses that I took in school are not directly, you know, like influenced me to choose this career path, but definitely the two mentors or two people that I've mentioned, they they definitely like um, influenced. Uh, yes, I mean path. your story. I mean, to being with somebody planting the seed in you. Yeah, senior year, you might need to do an internship. That was awesome that he you needed that in your ear. Yeah. And that's what got you to the stepping stone. And I, I try to encourage that with our young people and get as many internships if you can. No, no way to senior year, but the fact that you still got it in there, that's awesome because a lot of times some of them don't even do that when they graduate by the time they graduate. So that was awesome that yeah. they plant that seed in you and having those mentors are important. So I love your story and uh, to where it got you where you are today. So, um, and it's important. The mentors are important. Um, I talk about sponsorships, having somebody vouch for you in the room. That's important as well. So love that you've got that. And that was a, a you know, stepping stone to where you are today. Let's talk about, um, you know, the engineering industry, still going back to our women. Uh, in your opinion, what changes are needed mm-hmm. in the ind- you know, industry of engineering to better support the support part of it and encourage our women? Um, I think women are very much capable of doing the tasks that the men that the men do like in general, they're, they're just as smart, just as intelligent. I think the change that we need um, as an industry, like when I just look at it as a whole is probably changing the culture. Um, a lot of the culture is still like catering to men, right? Where uh, it's not even an environment where women can uh, like grow as individuals or just as employees in that company. Now, this is a very, very vague statement, but I want to, just one thing that I've noticed Um uh, it might sound like very, sound like very trivial, but I do want to mention this. Whenever I go to these like big conferences and big events, they always have this golf tournament, right? And a lot of women don't play golf, right? And neither do I. And whenever there's a golf tournament, I'm like, should I go? Should I not? I've never like played golf, you know. Like it's just like one simple example, but it really shows how. A lot of activities and things to, you know, like encourage networking and talking to people and having a good time when you're at work is very much like still like, you know, uh, catering to men and like, like it's, 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 it's surrounding like, you know, men and like what their interests basically. So I think that could change where, you know, maybe something that women will be more interested in. Um, and, um, I, I think I had this conversation with someone, they were like, oh, women can just like learn how to play golf. But I was like, that's the whole point, you know, like you just proved my point, you know, like why should a woman go out of her way to learn some, like a sport that usually men play? I'm not saying that there are no women who play golf. I mean, like good for them, but then just like, you know, like are majority of women going to know how to play golf? Is that something they would like to do? Um, and I think at, even like at these golf tournaments, like a lot of uh, people, they make good connections, you know, like they, they build like good professional relationships. So women are being like devoid of this chance to actually go out there and do the networking part while having fun. Um, so there's just the whole culture where women can, you know, feel comfortable enough to just be themselves or have fun. Well, let's and, talk about it. Yeah. You know, being an engineer, being in the workforce, what other outside things do you do? And I call it, I don't call it work-life balance. I call it work-life integration, work-life harmony. Like what things, you know, what were your thoughts on the whole work-life yeah. integration of, that you maybe take part in um, with, you know, outside of just working? <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know, oh, what I do have fun work? Type thing. Um, yeah, so I... Yeah, I do a lot of things. 
Um, I love watching movies. Um, I can watch like movies all day. I'm like a, a big, like big movie buff. Um, I have two cats and I am a big animal lover. So I rescue cats when I can. Like if it's a chance to foster, I have a foster uh, cat in my ne- like second bedroom right now. Uh, I ha- I love fostering cats. I love helping animals. I am I am like a dancer too. I take a lot of dance classes and probably in a few years I want to like teach my own dance class too. Um, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I like, I've gotten to the habit of reading now, you know, like that's my goal for next year, read at least 10 books, you know? So yeah, I like to, uh, do all kinds of stuff and like hang out with friends, uh, try out like, you know, just, yeah, just like whatever takes your mind off. You know, it's cool, but it's like (laughs) having that harmony in the process of, you know, from it so I wanted to at least put that mm-hmm. out there of like okay you said what other things are good things to do so I wanted to throw that in there so thank you for sharing that you know as we you know close out for the most part what mm-hmm. are some final pieces of advice you know that you could give to the listeners who might be facing you know similar challenges in the industry itself with engineering uh, particularly those from underrepresented backgrounds um I would say hard work is the first uh thing that that i would like you know mention i I hear this a lot that oh work smart don't work hard but i absolutely believe there's no substitute for hard work um like if there is a process for you to learn something you can't do it any other way you know there's a process like you have to learn it like you know it's it's like just you know like engineering you can't you can't just have a shortcut like you know to like build a bridge or like build a like like no like have have something done so work hard ask questions uh be confident because i know like you know again like people who are from very underrepresented communities like like myself it can be a little hard to be confident because you know like you again you as going back to my point you feel like you don't belong but like just be confident because uh you're there for a reason or uh, you have it in you to to be there, and if you're not confident yet, then make yourself confident, right? Like do do things that will make yourself confident. Um, speak up, definitely speak up, stand up for yourself. Um, I think like maybe because no, I, I I am in a profession where it needs me to like reach out reach out to people a lot, do a lot of talking. But I definitely feel like no matter where you are, I think it's important to stand like you know like. Uh, speak for yourself whenever necessary and just take a stand for yourself um, in, in any way possible. So do that. Um, and uh, lastly, surround yourself with um, good people. Um, it's very, very important, you know, um, surround yourself with good friends who who motivate you, who who keep you positive and not just yes men, you know, who, can, who are able to criticize you as well. Um, but just like, you know, from being like as someone who is from like, you know, again, as I said, not from a com- from a community that is not represented enough in that whatever field you're, you're you're choosing, you just have to try it. Like you know, be the role model because again, as I said, it's a cycle. If you if you don't like, if somebody doesn't step up, then it's just you're just gonna not have anyone from like who looks like. Love you it. There, I right? love it. Great tips. Great points. I mean, those are definitely things that you got to consider. You know, and mm-hmm. I love that whole surround yourself by positive people. Um, yeah, people of influence. Like that's key. I love it. Yeah. So talk to us, how, how can people yeah. get in touch with you? Um, just share any ways that other people, if they want to get in touch with you, how can they get in touch with you? Sure. Um, so I am on LinkedIn. Um, you can just type my name, Palisha Stapit. Uh, and yeah, I don't think there's <laughs> anything else with my name. It's just so, like, you know, especially the, that, the combination of the last and the first name. Yeah. So just uh, look me up on LinkedIn and I'm there. Uh, send me a connection or like give me a follow. I post a lot. 
Uh, just a heads up here, like if I'm like showing up on a timeline every every week, just a heads up. But yeah, I, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. And um, if anybody who's listening, who's like, you know, like a young person who's still in college, who has questions, you know, uh, or you just, if you love just want to chat. I love that you're en- engaging on yeah. these platforms because LinkedIn is a great way to do the networking and having informative information on there. That's always a good thing. So I love it. So keep doing what you're doing. It's a, it's a pleasure to meet you. And thank you so much for being a great guest. Thank you so much. It was so great talking to you, Tiffany. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you won't miss our upcoming episodes featuring interviews with inspiring women engineers, discussions about industry trends, and much more. Go to womenandengineeringpodcast.com where you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, may your engineering endeavors be as remarkable as the women who stories we're sharing. Stay curious, keep innovating, and engineer a better future.